This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. Our seven days of 2022 continues with what I'm calling Golden Nuggets. Yes, some of the big, big announcements in accessible tech over the last year. Welcome to Double Tap 7 Days of 2022, the big accessible tech review. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you? I am great, thank you, Stephen Scott. I must say, I am bored now. I'm are bored you? with this. Yeah. Is it over yet? Hang on, what, the show or... Life no, no, in general, no. or I mean, general life. Yes, general I, life is life is it, over yet. <laughs> wow, I, I, I see the holiday blues are kicking in early for you this year. I just want to get back to normality now. I'm I'm done. There's only so much Netflix and TV I can watch. Well, that's why we did the show. You see, that was the whole point. We come together, we do this, and this brings a bit of normality into our day. Because you know oh, what? This is the one thing you. I cannot stand during the holiday period. It's when the shows all change, and your favourite shows aren't on. Everything's all upside down, and you know, even it's like even I, I I watch a lot of news, and you know, you switch on the news channels, and it's just you know some guy who I don't know cleans the bathroom most of the year, and they just say, oh, do you know, give him the gig because we're all out of here. Uh, well, that's how I got the job. Fantastic. Exactly. And, and look, <laughs> so many years have gone by and you've never been found out yet. But you Excellent. do well with a mop, from my understanding. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I still make a, a mean cup of tea, so I'm good. That's the that's the trick in this business. That's how I got in. <laughs> I think I always remember my first day in radio, properly in radio, was going in and I basically had two weeks to prove myself. And, you know, it's funny because these days you hear people say, well, you know, I want an internship and I want to earn lots of money. And if I don't earn lots of money, I'll go and shout at someone and I'll start a campaign. In my day, it was... That's me. (laughs) No, in my day, it was, I'm sorry, you you know, roll up your sleeves, get on with whatever they do. If they ask you, you know, if they hand you a mop and say, get on with it, you do it. Because that's the way in. That's the way to get started. That's the way to get known in in any business. Absolutely. certainly in the radio business where everybody wanted in the door. And You're right. You know what? I, when it comes down to employment, I got to say, I think volunteering is vastly overlooked. Of course, it is. It's such a such a good way in. Just getting yourself known in an organisation or whatever, and and you know, getting yourself used to it. I'm, I'm just unemployed for so long. I just gave up, and then as soon as I started volunteering, it gives you that. I don't know, that feel for it and the feeling useful. Absolutely. Volunteering is is a great thing. Look, I get that people need to make money. I get people want to make money. They want to feel valued in the work they do. I get all that stuff. But to get your foot on the rung of the, the ladder to get in, especially when you're blind, because yep. you have people who, and no matter how much advocacy, no matter how many times people stand up and tell me how proud they are of their disability, you still will face people every single day who will say to you, oh, so you're blind, so you can't really do anything. Yeah. Now, okay, no. they don't come out overtly with that sentence, no, no. But, but they don't, it's not far some off. Do. <laughs> well, some do. Well, some, they, they cloak it in different ways. And, and you know, yes. I, I know that the word ableism has become very popular and people love to, everything's ableist these days, it seems. Um, I had a, a plate of porridge the other day, which I had to say I had some suspicions about. And yes. You know, very ableist a, a porridge. Very ableist porridge. I mean, it was so what I couldn't eat it. It was going to burn me. Um, but, you know, I, I, I get the, the need to label everything these days, but I also think, you know, we've got to realise, and I said this yesterday, personal responsibility, right? If you want to have a career, nobody owes you that career. Nobody owes you a right to have anything. You have the, the des- if you've got the desire to do something, you can do it, but you have to, push yourself to do it. The amount of people over the years that said to me, well, I can't do it because I'm blind or I can't do it because I'm disabled or I can't. And I say, well, you know, I did it. And they go, oh, well, that's you. And I'm like, yeah, but I did yeah. it. That's the point. I got to what I wanted to achieve. I came from nowhere, Scotland, and I'm now presenting a weekly, well, daily show on a channel <laughs> across Canada. Around the world, I'm talking to people. And, you know, I'm not saying that that makes me some kind of hero or inspiration because it doesn't. But what it says is, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve something. Now, look, am I earning millions of dollars a, a day on this thing? Of course I'm not. I'm not really interested in that. I, I'm not going to go so far to say I would do it for nothing. But, you know, I'm not exactly in a position where I feel, you know, I, I remember when I started out, 
And I don't mind telling this story because it's so far away from and removed from when it happened. But, you know, I started out in broadcasting. I was earning £10, which is about $15 a night, a day, essentially, to do my show. I was on four hours a day. I did 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. every single night. And it was giving me $15 in return. Now, just to put it into some kind of understanding here, it cost me half that amount to get there by taxi and then the same amount to get home. So essentially, I didn't earn any money. The taxi company made my money. You earned a dollar. If I even got that. (laughs) It actually got to the point where the boss of the radio station said to me, what we'll do is we're going to get sponsored by the taxi company because then at least you won't have to pay out your $15 (laughs) on on a cab. And you know that was and, and that was great and and you know I loved doing that and yeah, you got to love what you do and I, I look I understand that you know everyone in, on earth can possibly love everything they do all the time and you know it can't it's not feasible for that but you know at some point you have to find your own happiness and a lot of people find happiness in different ways you know I know lots of people who do jobs which might be seen by some as menial jobs but they absolutely adore them because they love the run of the mill they love the routine they love what it brings them just being part of a team doing something that has got you know the ability to bring you in connection with other people that can be enough for some people and yep. in some ways that's just basically what this is right i just do this with a microphone it's the same thing you oh, know absolutely i mean you know just for your own health mental health whatever it may be i remember spending so many times thinking what's the point in getting up today I've got, I've got yeah. nothing to do, you know, and you, you start to lose your confidence and your, your self-worth. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I just think, you know, volunteering can be a great thing. It takes a lot to do that initial step, though, because you get to a point where you are, you know, you're out of your comfort zone and you don't, it, it does take a lot to take that first step out of the door. But Well, it takes a lot, well, the harder, it gets harder every day because you're yeah. not doing it. Yeah, So the, the prospect of doing it, it just seems like a further and further away thing because you build it up into something else. And I think that's the, yeah. the point. But, you know, what you have to do, and the reason I bring this up is because, you know, if you're going out to get a job or you want to get into the employment market, you know, it might be that you have to give your of yourself something. I know some people say, well, you shouldn't have to do that, but you kind of do. You do. I mean, it is a fine line, right? I get well, it. Of course I get it, it. You don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want to be exploited. Of course not. But at the same time, what are you getting out of the experience and what are you giving? If you know, they got, think you're useless be before you even walk in the front door. Yeah. Right? If they see you coming in the front door, and, you know, and, and you, you walk in and you know, you bump into a chair and you, you know, fall over someone and then you get to the reception and you realise, oh, what a mess I've made of this. They're watching all that. They're building up this picture of who you are. And they're saying, oh, this person's not going to do anything for me. We we had yeah. we had a, an interest in actually going going further than that, which I, I must admit, I was quite surprised. Uh, we had uh, Matthew Horspool on the show a couple of weeks back. He was talking about the value of Braille. And he said something which I thought, might have caught the attention of some of our listeners a bit more, but it, I don't think it did. Uh, so I'll bring it up again and let's let's see if it works this time. Well done, throw him under um, the bus. Yeah. Hello, Matthew. But I actually I actually <laughs> agree with him on this. But I just thought, wow, I I never thought I would hear that uttered in this way. And what he said was that you know blind people who don't have braille in their lives can often be you know in a position where they they won't get the access to the the better jobs, right? which I think is perfectly reasonable to say. I think if you've got literacy yep. in your life, if you've got the ability to read, you know, lots and lots of text, you know, you, you imagine working in law or accountancy where lots of figures, numbers, you know, data is in front of you, you need to be able to process all that and quickly, then you can, to- you can totally understand, you know, why people who have Braille will get into that world and be able to be very, very successful. Now, I will also say there are people who are lawyers. I've spoken to a couple who do not read Braille, and they get on fine. They get on absolutely fine. So it's not exclusive at all. But no, no. But there is a truth in that overall, it, you would certainly be be more uh, beneficial with Braille. Now he went further than that, and he said, the way I look at it is, he says, you know, someone who goes into an interview and sits with an iPhone and an earpiece in, taking notes or reading notes or whatever. That might be off-putting to a potential employer because you're not able to communicate. No matter how hard you try, 
it's very hard to communicate when you've got a voice in your ear talking. Yes, I agree. It's never going to work. I mean, I I tried it for a long time when I was when I was at really the bad stage of you know kind of just getting into this vision loss journey experience again. You know, the 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 part two, the horror story. You know, the Home Alone <laughs> two of sight loss. Um, well, that was quite a good film, though. In fairness, so I only think of something better than that. No, um, Godfather two. No, um, Terminator anyway, two. That Terminator two. Film. Didn't see that one. Uh, but you know, basically, the, the second version, the this time it's personal. Um, it wasn't, you know, it, it was difficult because I was trying to learn to use a screen reader and then use that as a way of reading when I was on air, and it was really tricky. I remember reading a weather forecast on the radio. I heard it back. I sounded like a robot. It will be fourteen degrees today. Uh, yeah, we'll be you just let read it out. I may as well. I may as well <laughs> plugged in Jaws and said, "You do it," because it would have been better at reading it than I was. And and this is the problem, you know. So it's it's how we perceive ourselves, how we present ourselves as well. Um, you know, how do we want ourselves to be seen in the world? So yeah, this is where things like Braille come in really handy. And I think we just have to, wow. you know, we have to we have to take more responsibility of our of, of our own deep journeys. Very I know. fast. Well, yes. You've started. up on yesterday, bored. though. You know. Yes. True. This is what happens, you see, when we get bored, we start getting all deep and meaningful. I know. Stop it now. Okay, Let's fine. move on. Uh, but I did want to pick up today on what I call our golden nuggets, because we have had some big... It's a cereal, isn't it? Uh, uh, well, if it isn't... <laughs> is that not chicken? I, I've had golden nuggets, chicken nuggets. They're nice. Okay, good. Um, whole, golden whole, nuggets are good. Wholemeal as well. Right. Okay. Uh, but anyway... We go from deep to talking about cereal. It's amazing. Okay, next... <laughs> But this uh, this particular week or this particular episode, I want to talk about uh, the golden nuggets. So the the big products of the year, and I think the one that stands out tall of all the products that came out um, was Envision, and it really came into its own this year because Envision, the app itself, the Envision AI app, became free, so no longer a subscription service app, which was interesting. Yes, and then next up the Envision glasses came along. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, it got Ira support. And, you know, it feels, it always feels bad whenever I interview a company and the first thing I talk about is a different company. But that's kind of <laughs> what a lot of people were interested in. Some people even bought the Envision glasses, even though it has lots of great features in it and they are very good themselves. There were still a lot of people who were kind of like, hang on, now it's got Ira in it? Now I'm interested. Yeah, that is the killer app. Right, for the Envision glasses. It, it just is. That's not that's not to do down Envision itself, the software at all. It's just Ira and wearable glasses are the perfect combination. And yeah, absolutely amazing. So I thought we'd relive some of the conversation that we had with Karthik Karnan, because Karthik Karnan's the guy, one of the co-founders of Envision. And I thought it'd be good today just to hear from him uh, talking about the company and also... And, you know, this kind of picks up again on what we talked about yesterday, the kind of the the nerves that we have as a community at the minute around what is going to live, what is going to die in terms of accessible tech. Um, Envision was one of nearly one of the casualties. It nearly fell away. Um, and, and Karthik talked a little bit about that. So let's listen back to our conversation with Karthik Karnan, co-founder of Envision, where he talked about the company and the products that they create. Envision started off in 2016, not as a company, but more of as um, it, it was started off as a project, right? Um, you know, we, me and my co-founder, we went to this blind school in India uh, to just talk to kids who were leaving high school and moving on with their lives and, you know, going into colleges and universities and, and, and just stepping out into the adult world. We had gone to give a talk to kids there. Um, and, uh, during the course of the con of of you know having a chat with them you know we were just telling them about you know what it is to be a designer what it is to be a developer or a researcher uh, at the end of the day i think uh, anyone who's working in the design or the or the engineering space uh, basically solves problems for a living right that's what we told them you know that's the, the we wake up in the morning get to work and solve problems you know different types of problems and so we just post a question at the end of the whole talk you know I, I asked them what kind of problems would they like to solve uh, when they grew up or when they moved on and and, and got into the real world um, that's when you know it started to really hit us about what exactly like, you know how much independence uh, really means to these kids because a lot of the 
answers that they gave were all about you know being able to do very simple things like being able to read a book more independently or being able to go out independently being able to live independently so you know independence was this really dominant factor in in the, in these kids lives and they felt extremely limited because of the fact that they had to depend on other people constantly to do even the simplest of things and so after that conversation uh i remember very clearly instead of going back home we went to a cafe near nearby uh, near the school and we just sat down you know me and my friend and and we just brainstormed for hours you know uh, till till the end of the day just trying to understand like what we as engineers and designers could do to solve you know the whole independence problem and that's when we started to look into artificial intelligence which at that time was starting to become a very powerful piece of technology because it was starting to outperform humans in a lot of areas uh you know that humans were pretty good at for example you know 2016 2017 was the landmark year when ai could start recognizing text much more accurately than humans could do uh you know it was starting to recognize faces much more accurately than humans could do and so we thought why not take this technology and try to you know showcase it as 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 tools for good rather than you know the usual uh, you know um uh, negative press that something like face recognition tends to get right so we wanted to put take it a, a different spin on these uh, on these technologies and artificial intelligence and so we started to build uh, the envision project you know which was just uh, you know a, a simple project to demonstrate how ai can be used uh, to help improve accessibility um so 6 months later we you know we have the uh, a very clunky prototype of the envision app um uh, you know we ran out of funding for the project itself and we were going to shut things down and we basically you know i remember sending an email on a friday evening uh to all the testers you know who had by that time we had about hundreds of testers who had you know used the envision app or a prototype of the envision app uh i remember emailing them all telling them that hey you know uh we the project is over you know we we really enjoyed uh doing this we're going to talk about this to the world we're going to put it out there uh, as like an open source uh, or or as a uh, as a blog post as a series of reports outlining how ai can be used for good uh but i remember very clearly waking up the next morning to find all of the 400 500 odd people who were using the envision uh, prototype at that time right back to us and tell us that that's the last thing you guys should do you guys should not shut this down i mean you've built something that's truly magnificent it's really helped us a lot over the past few months and despite it being a very you know uh, not so stable app uh, despite it being a very clunky prototype of an app uh, it's still something that's extremely useful and you should go ahead and you know continue doing this in some way or the other and that's when we decided to start envision as a company um and that's how you know we that's that's the reason why we are here today you know it's all the people who initially you know took on the envision prototype uh tested it out gave us feedback really helped us improve it and made it part of their lives and uh, and really helped envision get to where it is today the main product that envision builds is the envision glasses so the envision glasses are a pair of smart glasses that help a visually impaired person or any uh, a person with any kind of visual disability uh to be able to read text in over 60 different languages including handwritten text and from pretty much any surface you can think of whether it's a printed book or whether it's an ipad screen or even if it's like a prescription bottle right uh it helps them to recognize faces of their friends and family members it helps them recognize all the personal belongings in their environment uh and so much more and it's also not just a tool that's you know built and focused on all the ai stuff we also have a human element to it where visually impaired people or the users of the envision glasses can actually go ahead and make a video call directly from the envision glasses to a friend or a family member if at any point in time the ai doesn't really cut it out for them so that's what the envision glasses do um though envision glasses is what we put our focus on uh, primarily uh, we also have the envision app which is a smartphone app that's also capable of reading text uh it's extremely good at reading text in fact but it can also do things like being able to recognize faces objects and and so on uh i think the big reason why people uh really love the envision glasses or why we believe very strongly in the in the glasses form factor is the fact that unlike 
holding a smartphone in your hand and then you know pointing it around and using visual recognition tools like Envision, uh, it's so much more easier to be able to go ahead and wear a pair of glasses and then just look around uh, and then you know have it uh, speak out stuff to you uh, in a much more easier and unobtrusive way than having to point your phone around, right? So that's what Envision does. And I thought that was a really helpful description of the company from Karthik there, just explaining how the whole company works, how they came to be. Really interesting story, actually. It is. Uh, I mean, you know, how it came about, especially. And uh, it's funny, though. I think the key thing for me is what he said there about, you know, of course, we we can use these apps using our smartphone and, and holding them out in front of us. But there is just something about having this wearable camera on your face it makes a huge difference and you wouldn't think it would make a huge difference but it does it means it's always there it's always ready to go you know when i'm looking in my cupboards or looking in my fridge freezer and you know getting my phone out and starting up an app and then it, it's a pain whereas if, if something's just there at hand that's where it becomes truly useful you know that of course the software's got to be got to be really capable and really useful and really easy to use but the, the form factor is incredibly important when it comes to something like this and i think the envision glasses are the first time we've seen this really done well and it really does go back to the the point i'm making at the start about you know our own independence and being independent people doing things for ourselves which is really important and, you know, being able to do it in a really easy way, you know, like you say, you know, being able to have the camera on your face, you wouldn't necessarily think, well, I mean, especially if you're in the house, you think, well, it doesn't matter. I just pick up my phone. And but how many times have you been doing something and you need both hands Maybe you're carrying something or maybe whatever, you know, it's, and you need both hands to do yep. it. How am I going to do this? Yeah. And, you know, we do use our, our devices a lot. I mean, it's funny because I've, I've just recently got the Envision glasses and I'm really looking forward to putting them through their paces. To be honest, that's what I'm going to be doing over the, the next couple of weeks because I do want to do a big review of them for the show. But I also just want to use them for my own benefit to, to really – my wife's got them. She loves them. And, you know, I just I, – I can see the difference it makes to people. And I, I feel what I have to do is just switch off the stop using the phone for everything and actually just use the glasses and actually yeah. use them for, for the intended purpose. Because, yes, I mean, it's it's fair to say that they do provide a lot of the same features that you can get, hey, even in the Envision app, um, as well as seeing AI, you know, look out on Android, you know, the other yep. alternatives that are out there. That's just, It's just really interesting, isn't it, when you kind of dig into that? Yeah, and hopefully... Um, this isn't, you know, there's going to be more options in this space really soon. You know, and Envision, as I said, I think are the, the first to do it really well. And I think a lot of that has got to do with the IRA implementation as well. But um, I think, you know, this this is the first step. We're going to be seeing a lot more of these wearable devices, which will have a huge impact for us. Yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting time. I'm just really glad... This has happened, although, you know, as I said earlier in the year, you know, the thing that kind of surprised me about 2022 was that it was the year that we went to specialist tech companies for this kind of thing. You know, it wasn't coming from Apple. It wasn't coming from Google. I mean, even though this product, the Envision Glasses, are based on Google Glass, Google hadn't brought out a new product. Apple hadn't brought out a new product. We were kind of waiting for something and then as the year developed, what we actually saw was that what Apple is likely to bring out next year is nothing like a pair of glasses. It's going to be no. based on the MetaQuest or the you know the MetaQuest Pro that was brought out by Facebook or Meta this year. Um, it's going to be that kind of thing. They're going to build this metaverse, and and I'm, I'm that I'm not I'm not really for that. If I'm being brutally honest, that doesn't really appeal <sighs> How to me. Dare you? Well, no, of course. But what the, what the mainstream killer application for wearable, you know, smart glasses is, it requires the visual aspect. So they're they're waiting to get the technology that can build into normal sized, you know, sunglasses or or wearable glasses into the lenses where the, people can see a display that they're used to, you know, high definition on their smartphone. 
That's that's what the mainstream are waiting for. Of course, we don't care about that. Um, we want the audio feedback and just a wearable camera. That's all we really need. So I think that's the difference here. We have that technology already. So far, being able to pack high-quality visuals into a pair of you know normal-looking sunglasses just isn't there. You still have to wear, no matter how you try, uh, try to make them as sexy as they can, they're still big you know, at least swimming goggle sized or, or uh, you know, welder's mask size, yes. these headsets. So that's what the technology is waiting for the technology to catch up so people, the mainstream can have the visual aspect to these. We don't care. So we got there first. And uh, these are a great example of that. But the problem is that you and I will sit here and have done for, I mean, you know, I, I can... I can almost imagine Pennsylvania and Greg right now just sitting here going, here we go again, more talk of Apple Glass, a product, a product that hasn't even been released and they're still talking about it. Happy Christmas, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, the, the biggest problem here is that we kind of thought that Apple would solve all our problems here, and I don't think they will. That's my takeaway from 2022, is that Apple, I don't think, are going to solve the problems we were thinking would be solved and actually envision our company who are. Now, there are some other contenders out there doing similar things. So, for example... Orcam is a company that's been around for a while. We've talked about them a lot on the, the show. We've had them on the show. We've talked about their products. But, you know, again, the, the challenge, and I think the biggest problem that Orcam has is actually by its own design, they built a product which was very much built on privacy. So the, the images that were taken on the device would never be able to be shared. The camera was never able to be connected to a computer. So really everything was on board. It was all about AI processing, reading text, you know, even seeing people's faces and identifying them, but it was never about capturing, storing images. So privacy was a big deal. But I think that's, that could actually turn against OrCam in some way because what's happened there is you now have a situation where that is a closed-off system and you know, you're looking at buying a product, and let's be honest, we're spending a lot of money on these products. You're thinking, what am I going to what's going to give me the best bang for the buck? You know, you look at alternatives. So ARX Vision came out this year with the, the new ARX Vision headset. I know you tried it out. And you know, this is a, a headset which has cameras in it. It's not a pair of glasses, though. It's very much like your Aftershocks headphones with that camera built on. Yeah. And you know, the thing with that is it's a wired device. So you have got a wire connection. It only works on Android. At the moment, that like that is likely to change, or at least it's promised it will be changing in the, you know, hopefully the new year. You know, so these devices are, are starting to come up a little bit, which is interesting, and we'll see how that develops. But you know, you look at the Envision glasses already, they have wireless connectivity, so you don't have a wire. They you know work with apps like Ira. They're cross-platform as well, so you can have an iPhone or an Android device, and it will work with them. Essentially, it's an isolated island as well, right? Because it's, it's a standalone device that all is. the software runs on the glasses themselves. All it but you can still are... connect it to, and, 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 and you know, don't get me wrong, Envision's not perfect here either, because, you know, with the Ira app, that's actually highlighted one of the big problems with the Envision glasses in that it doesn't have GPS built in. Yes. So therefore, you can't get that support in the way that a lot of people use Ira, which is for navigation, so, you know, I mean, you can, okay, you can use it for navigation, but not as in, where am I? I want to get to here. Can you help me get there? It's all being done visually through the camera. Um, you know, there's workarounds, but it's not perfect. So, you know, no. we're kind of we're getting somewhere, but we're not, none of the, pro, I don't think anything that's out there is perfect yet at all. But what is interesting me is that it's the tech, it's the specialist tech companies who are providing solutions. That's the difference. Yeah. For the first time, I think. This is, yeah. This is a time where... Golden age. Yeah. That's golden why nugget. Envision is one of my golden nuggets. Well done, you. I do have another one. And it's a surprising one again, because it's not a device I would thought in 2022 I'd be excited about. But it is a candy bar style, non-touch mobile phone with actual buttons. <gasps> and it is. Nokia. It's not a Nokia, but <laughs> it's very similar. And I think, and I've said this before on the show, so it's not a surprise when I say this, but honestly, I think if I didn't have an iPhone, this would be my phone. We'll talk about it next. Stay tuned as we continue to review the big accessible tech stories of 2022. Next. 
You're listening to Double Tap 7 Days of 2022, the big accessible tech news review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Double Tap. Stephen and Sean with you in our seven days of 2022, the accessible tech review show. And uh, yeah, over the course of the next few days, we're going to be talking about lots of interesting stuff, Sean, because uh, there's, of course, big iron news this year. Uh, we're going to be looking back at CSUN. Um, we're going to be looking back at Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Oh, my God, there's so much happening in 2022. A lot of the same things that happen, but lots of interesting announcements to come out of it. So, yes, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into all that. But I wanted to talk today about the golden nuggets, right? So the kind of big products that came out this year that I think really deserve mentioning. And, you know, Blindshell Classic is a, a device which has been out for a couple of years, but their second iteration came out. And they've really added a lot of new features to it. And I will say that the second version is definitely the one you would want to get. It's not like you could just get the first one and still get some of the features. And there's maybe like a couple of you know benefits to getting the, the second yeah. one. The second one is the one to get because you have apps on there that allow you to do cool stuff. Now, <laughs> it's not a surprise to say that I'm going to say this. Ira's on there because um, <laughs> Ira's now on everything. And that was actually one of the big stories about Ira this year, that it was kind of turning up on more devices. And actually, if I'm honest about it, it was a, such a smart move because, you know, why would you not want to just put your app everywhere you possibly can? And on a device like Blindshell, which is not a is not a smartphone, but is a smartphone. It's, it's certainly not a feature phone. It's more than that. Oh, it's definitely a smartphone. It's a yeah. smartphone with an easier interface, definitely. Because it's it's not there's no touch on it. It's not a touch screen, which a lot of people will love. It's got physical buttons. Um, it's got lots of cool features, and it's running Android. This is the thing, right? So it actually runs Android, but it runs a very skinned version of it, skip slimmed down version of it, I guess you could say. Um, it's also very appealing to people who have low vision because the text on it is huge. Uh, and you can do high contrast options on there, so you can have really large text. But it can also speak every single button speaks. And this is not something we've seen since another product that we're going to talk about in the new year, uh, and that is the Mini Vision. Um, yes. And it was Capsis Mini Vision. I think it might be Capsis that was behind that. And, you know, they created it. And that was the only other option I'd seen, because up until then we had products like Doro, who are companies exactly like Doro. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Doro the Explorer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the Don't one. The Explorer. That's how I remember it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, that, and those were great, but they were really built for people who had low vision because yes, the buttons. If you press the button, it would it would say one, two, three to nine, but that was it. The menus didn't yeah, speak. It wasn't really. It was really just yeah, large print. halfway there. Yeah, and obviously that changed with the mini vision. I don't think the mini vision gets, if I'm honest, the kind of um, coverage that I've seen for Blindshell. Absolutely it doesn't. Certainly no. here, right, on our no. show. We, we haven't talked about it very much. No. That will change in the new year. We are going to be talking more about it. Uh, we have our man on a mission with this one. Michael Babcock is going to be reviewing it. He's getting his hands on one, and he's going to be reviewing it for us in the new year, which is great because it's about time we mentioned it. But, um, yeah, the Blindshell Classic has been a really interesting device, and, and I got the original one to try from the company, which I thought was brilliant. The second version, uh, still waiting for it, guys. I'd, I'd love to review it, but you've got to send me it. Uh, I, I would love to, to to talk about it a bit more, and certainly with a bit more authority. I'd love to try some of these apps. Like, for example, uh, Ira's on it. That's one. But also WhatsApp is on there. Um, oh, is it? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, that's that's actually pretty big when you, when you think about it. That's a big Absolutely. app. To bring a billion over. users, multi-billion users using uh, WhatsApp. So being able to be included in that on the blind shell, amazing. Well, I mean, you think about the way that we use WhatsApp. So WhatsApp is great because it's that kind of middle ground. I've, I've started using WhatsApp on my PC, as have you. Yes. And, you know, what's brilliant, I mean, it's on the Mac as well. You can get standalone apps now for them, and, and they're good. I think that personally, I, I think the PC app is better. Um, I find it more navigable. Sorry, can you say that again? I think the PC app is better. There, I said ah, it. Yes, Are you well happy done. Thank now? Thank you very much. Yes, I am. Ecstatic. <sighs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I am loving my PC again. I just feel hey, so welcome happy. back. It does feel like I'm home using a PC. It really welcome does. Mac back. is great. Mac is great, but I always feel like I'm wrestling a bear these days with it. And um, <laughs> I haven't wrestled a bear before, but I imagine if I was wrestling uh, a bear, it would be it's exactly just like using the voiceover. Same. Yes, <laughs> just like you know, can you just 
You know, it'd be like trying to get a cow to go through a turnstile. You know, it just it would be very difficult to do. And then by the time you'd done it, you'd think, I wish I hadn't even bothered starting this. I know, I've got to get him back out again now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for that reason, I mean, I'm not I'm not away from Mac at all because I do a lot of my video editing on that and I'm, I'm learning more about that. And I'm, I'm kind of just living on both. But certainly my day-to-day uh, machine nowadays is a PC. And um, I, I know, I never thought I'd see the day. It changed around again. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But of course, with WhatsApp, you know, to me, one of the reasons I wanted to get into WhatsApp on the PC was because I was kind of looking for a way out of using iMessage and FaceTime on the Mac. Because that's one of the big draws of having Mac is that everything in the ecosystem carries across. But, you know, WhatsApp is one of those apps that kind of pokes through that because it's the same, it has the same functions and features you, know, you can do video calling, you can do audio calling, you can send messages, you can send voice Great messages. quality, by the way, on, yeah. the, on the PC when we've been calling each other. It's fantastic. The only thing I can't do on it is group calling at the moment, but that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, I, it'll get there. I'll get there. I mean, I think that I see that they're developing this thing called WhatsApp communities. I don't really know much about what that means, but I see that's a thing that's coming. And I don't know if that's going to be more like a social network approach to it. Um, because, you know, a lot of people do subscribe to WhatsApp groups, you know, that you can subscribe to groups. And oh, just, they drive me crazy. Yeah, they're a little bit too much for me. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> bing, 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 constantly. I can't be bothered with that. That's so incredibly useful, uh, but still, they take a lot to manage them. Yeah, but I, I would be interested to see how this works. But yeah, certainly on the blind shell, uh, that's now oh, available. Oh yeah, the blind shell, sorry. We went off on a tangent there. Well, yes, but, but the point is that it's, it's, it's an application that a lot of people use, and it's a great way to communicate. And, you know, because it's web-based and because it's online, you can use Wi-Fi. So you're not using minutes. You're not having to worry about data. I mean, yeah. certainly if you're on Wi-Fi, you're fine, right? You can just use, you know, call as much as you like. And, of course, if you're making an international call, you can use it for that. So I think WhatsApp, if I'm honest, is kind of where a lot of blind people used to get taught how to use Skype for some reason. Um, <laughs> yes. It was always like, I always used to go to these events and I'd be, you know, like RNIB, when I worked for the RNIB, they'd do these events where you'd go along and you'd teach people how to use technology. And one of the things we used to do was we had to teach them how to use Skype. And I was just thinking, why Skype? You know, why, why that? But it was just, it was always that somebody had a brother in Australia. Somewhere there was a brother in Australia and they wanted to communicate with that brother in Australia. So, you know, Skype is great because you can do it for free and you can see them as well. And that was well, the It was brand the draw. new back then. Skype was one of the first, wasn't it? Yeah, but it kind of stuck, you know? I think WhatsApp is at a place There's nothing for wrong that. with Skype, by the way. Skype I, is I, terrible. I, no, no, I look, used I'm Skype sorry. the other day. I thought it was quite no, good. No, I, I use Skype as well. I mean, it's like Android. You know, I've used it and that was enough. Um, All right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, look, it just goes to show that the Blind Shell Classic, because a lot of people, and I put my hands up, me included, you know, when you first think of these, just think, okay, so it's going to have an easy way to get your emails and text messages, right? And, but that's going to be pretty much it. But it is a true smartphone. It is, you know, having apps like WhatsApp and Ira on there just goes to show that. And, you know, there's lots of work bringing other apps to the platform as well. And yeah, it's a really cool, really cool phone. Yeah, well, uh, today I'm going to let you hear a bit of an interview I did uh, with both Barry Asnan, who's the CEO of Blindshell USA, and also Diane Duchamp, who works at the company in the States, uh, to tell us a bit more about the product and about its development. My name is Barry Asnan, and I am president of Blindshell USA. Hi, my name is Diane Ducharme, and I am the senior program manager for Blindshell USA. Thank you to both of you for uh, coming on. Barry, I guess the most obvious question I have to ask is, uh, this is really for people who don't know, right? Let's just get right back to basics here. What is Blindshell? Blindshell is an accessible cell phone that was launched about four plus years ago. Uh, Blindshell, officially the company is based out of Prague, Czech Republic. And so today we have two phones under the Blindshell platform. One is the Blindshell Classic, and two is the Blindshell Classic 2. That is the phone that I am holding in my hand right now, and that is our flagship phone. So we are talking about accessible cell phones, primarily designed and geared for individuals living with sight loss. Brilliant. And Diane, what, what's your role at Blindshell USA? So I'm pretty much the first person that people talk to. They will call and 
say, oh, I heard about this new phone, this blind shell. Can you tell me about it? So I fill them in on all the details of the blind shell. Um, we assist them with the ordering process. And then I am here to help with any kind of customer support, whether it's training on using the phone, if somebody has a quick question. Um, so pretty much we are with the people from the very beginning to when they are pros at using their phone. We stay with them the whole time. And how would you describe the Blind Shell Classic 2, as we're talking about today, which is, as you say, Barry, the, the flagship phone? How do you describe that to people in, in an age of smartphones, and an age of touchscreen devices? Where does this device sit and how do you describe it to your customers? So the Blind Shell um, is a totally 100% accessible phone. And it does have a screen, but you do not need to see the screen to be able to use the phone. It, it the, the screen is for display only. It's not a touch screen. You can't mess up anything if you touch the screen accidentally. And it has actual real tactile buttons um, that have a pronounced dot on the number five. And it's menu driven. So everything is used through navigation bars. Way back when Blind Shell first um, came about, they actually won, a, it was a college student and his professor who won an idea of the year contest. And their, the way they wanted to do an accessible phone for people who are blind is use a four button navigation system. And they still have kept that with this new blind shell because it's an up, down, okay, and back button. So everything is tactile. Everything is speaks out to you. So it's an accessible phone that I call a hybrid in between a flip phone and a smartphone. It has the actual buttons. It ha it's menu driven, but it does many, many things that a smartphone can do. And it really has evolved over the years, Barry, hasn't it? It has evolved from being something which was very much a walled garden of applications and services and features that has actually now developed into something which is growing, which has an app store, which has so much more capability today. Absolutely. You're 100% you're right. So today, with the Blind Child Classic 2 being our flagship accessible cell phone, the phone is running on Android. And I'm going to say this, it's running on Android in the background. So what does that mean, right? We are operating in a closed ecosystem. And the reason for that is that individuals cannot go ahead and simply download their favorite application onto the phone. The reason why we have it as a closed ecosystem is that we are truly an accessible cell phone. And in order for us to maintain the accessibility, you know, throughout all the functionality and features of the phone, we have to make sure that applications properly line up to provide the end users with the accessibility that they expect. So, you mentioned as far as an application library, an app library. The Blind Shell Classic 2 does have its own app library where individuals can utilize from a list or if you want to call it a uh, predetermined selection of applications that are approved to operate and function on the Blind Shell Classic 2. Now, with the Classic 2 operating on Android, this gives us a significant um, uh, ability to integrate more and more applications, right? So I think, you know, the way we look at it is that we're never going to have every single application on this phone. But our goal is to continue to add applications that provide significant, you know, value for individuals living with sight loss to perform tasks that are too difficult with our own traditional smartphone and be able to provide greater independence. That, that's what we're after, greater independence. So we have, you know, there are, the phone is packed with great features today, great applications that you can add through the app library. Some of them are already preloaded, some are not. And when new applications arrive and users receive a notification, a push notification that there is a new app available in the Blind Shell app library. And I have heard this being talked about this this time this this particular decade this particular time of our lives as blind people i often hear it talked about as, as a kind of golden age a new golden age for specialist tech now i first off would be interested to know your thoughts on what, whether you think blind shell is a specialist device i think some would say it is 
Um, but it does seem that we're in a really good place at the moment when it comes to specialist tech. The options are plenty, uh, and devices like this are bringing the mainstream to the blind community in a way that we can really benefit from. And obviously, I know you're going to stand by the company, you work there, but I'm just intrigued to know your general thoughts on on that approach, that viewpoint these days, that, that we are in this golden age of specialist tech. I absolutely agree. And that's one thing that I've always said, you know, this is a good time. If you have to be blind, this is a good time to be blind because <laughs> yeah. there are so many options for technology that now um, you can you can know who sent you a letter. You can, um, you know, use any kind of appliance out there. You can, you know, use go anywhere pretty much now with, with the technology. So I, I think that the blind shell is part of that golden age of technology because not only does it allow you to do your communication through the phone, the texting, WhatsApp, um, you know, all that Facebook Messenger, but it also is a, a tool that can help you with your employment with Google Lookout, Ira, uh, you know, your your choices are endless as far as of what you can do now with you when you have this phone in your pocket. It has a built-in magnifier for those who still have enough sight that they can use it. So I think that the, the you know the blind shell is definitely part of the golden age of the new technology. So, you know, really interesting just picking up there on what Diane says and what I was asking her about the whole, you know, golden age of specialist tech. And you know, when we did that interview, we were a little bit more confident about the accessibility picture in general. And as we talked about yesterday, we were a bit nervous about where things are at the minute. And it does seem as if in maybe in a weird way, we're kind of going back to a time where blind people are having to maybe look at alternative options like this. Uh, looking at an option like Blind Shell Classic as opposed to thinking, well, maybe my iPhone will be here for me forever or maybe my Android phone will be available to me forever. Maybe I should look at something like this. I, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm kind of, you know, at that stage where you think, I know, do I put all my yeah. effort into, into a specialist tech rather than sticking with mainstream? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Am I paranoid? I'm, no, no, no. Well, it does make you feel that way. You know, there's so many. It's different if it was just, oh, well, of course, you know, Twitter, and you can put that down. Well, that's Elon's take on, um, you know, the the perfect workforce and how hard people should be working. But it's not just one company. It, it is across the tech board. So, you know, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of, um, okay, there's a lot of reason to have some concerns about it at, at least and you're right it's something actually i didn't think about until you mentioned then but maybe it is you know hey this is where specialist tech sort of comes back into it you know i've been dismissive of it in the past i'm not afraid to say that because i i feel that you know it does separate us more in, in some cases and mainstream uh, tech there is absolutely no reason nowadays why it shouldn't be accessible but, you know, if it comes to the point where accessibility is dropping away, then what other choices have you got? And that's where specialist tech sort of step up. And, and yeah, besides that as well, when it comes to um, something like the Blind Shell Classic range, I mean, I, I just think when it comes to value for money, what they're doing with it, I just think, you know what, actually, this is cool. This is actually good stuff, and it's a you know it's decently priced as well as a reasonable price. I think they're doing a great job. And you think about the way it's built, right? So this is built on the Android platform. So immediately it's built on something, and we talked about this more in the interview. You can go back and listen to the episode. But you know, we did discuss this that you know being built on this foundation means it will have a longer shelf life. It's not like Blind Shell went out and created their own OS, and you know they're building these apps to suit that OS. You know, they are taking existing applications and turning them into applications that work on this device. But these are applications that are available to everybody. So, you know, they, yes, they're doing a little bit of work on them to make them suit the device. Of course. And, you know, there are some question marks around that. What happens when something updates? What happens when something changes? And, you know, there's always going to be that, that worry, perhaps that concern. But, you know, it, it, because they're building it and because it is you know, without a shadow of a doubt being built with accessibility in mind, you know when that update lands, it will work. 
That's yes. the confidence a lot of us are looking for in our devices. And, you yeah. know, I just find, you know, I started doing this whole tech show thing, what, maybe over, just over 10 years ago, maybe a bit longer than that. And, you know, I did it because I wanted to talk about mainstream tech, not specialist, because I thought, you know, we need to start looking at alternatives. And now, all these years on, <laughs> I'm kind of going the other way. I'm, start, I'm starting to think about, you know, I mean, this year, well, not this year, actually, I think previous years, I've been, you know, playing with mine, using my Victor Reader a lot more. And that's one example. But, you know, when you actually go to a device like that, and you start using it, very quickly you realise how this is built for you and how well it works for you. And then you yeah. see the phones doing this, and we see Envision. And I just think, what an amazing year. And that's why you know the Golden Nuggets are really all these companies that are starting to create products and, you know, realising that, you know, obviously we are going to spend a bit more on those products because they are, they are niche, they are specialist, they are for us. Um, I mean, Envision arguably could expand out a little bit and make it, and I think certainly Blindshell could be more available to more people. I think the name... I think if I was to criticise anything about Blind Shell, I'd say the name might put people off. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking the same thing. Because actually, you think about it, you know, anybody who's of, of an age where they just don't, and it's not an age thing, but and as in, it's not an older age thing. But there are people who are younger who don't want a smartphone or who just don't feel comfortable using it or physically can't or whatever yep. it might be. And yep. you know, this is where a device like this can come in. So maybe the name might hamper it a little bit down the line. I don't know. Then again, there's nothing wrong with the word blind, right? I'm 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 on that train. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you know, right. it's okay yes. to say the word blind, right? So you know, but it I'm, does I'm okay limit the scope, the demographic, right? The target audience. Oh well, it's not for me. Then. It's not for but me. I, yeah, actually, that's the fear. It, it could well be. Yeah, absolutely. And going, you know, the distinction between specialist tech and mainstream tech. The point we're seeing is that the the two are joining together. When in case of Envision glasses, it's based on. The Google Glass smart yeah. glasses, right? So yes, that's, that's right. the mainstream tech. And with Blindshell, it's based on the mainstream Android operating system. So it, it's these two meeting together. I think specialist manufacturers, specialist tech manufacturers have learned a lot as well. Interesting discussion, Owen. Very interesting discussion. Mm, yeah, well, I've been intrigued to like see us. how this develops. I know what's going on. Oh, golden nuggets. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, Muppets is usually what we're called, but okay, we'll go with nuggets. Um, listen, that's it for today. But tomorrow we're going to be getting into some of the, and not smaller news stories, but certainly looking at some of the other um, events that have been happening over the past year. Some of the big tech events that happen, in particular CSUN, we'll be talking about that. We're we'll talking about some of the other big events like Global Accessibility Awareness Day and reviewing some of that. And of course, more news on IRA and they're going everywhere. We'll be hearing directly from Janine Stanley at IRA. And, you know, it wasn't a great year for Ira. There's some ups and some downs, so we'll talk about that. And besides other big stories of the year as well, as our seven days of 2022 continues. Also, coming up on Friday's episode, we're going to be looking back at some of our uh, more popular demos over the last year. Uh, some great product demos that have come from you guys, from, from us here. Not from me, obviously. Uh, but from other people, uh, you know, some really cool demos we had over the years. So we'll get into those as well. So lots to come as our seven days of 2022 continues. Thank you for being with us. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Check us out daily on AMI-audio. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Also find us across social media and on YouTube at Double Tap On Air. Catch you tomorrow. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.